tonight. I'm really looking forward to it, and I, hopefully you have been as well. Um, almost as much as I look forward to the mountains. I don't know. It's a nice, it's a nice little logo there. It's nice. Um, this year, this year, uh, I'm extra excited uh, because uh, um, not only is, I feel like, am I tinny right now? I feel like uh, not only uh, is uh, Amanda new, like she mentioned, this is her first year as well, but we've also got a bunch of new things coming down the pipeline. Uh, she, she mentioned in her announcements, we've got, uh, uh, we're going to start splitting out a little bit for some special events. We've got some high school events that are coming. We've got some middle school only events that are coming. Um, we've got the winter retreat again uh, once we get to the other side of, of Christmas. And uh, next summer, we are trying to figure out what next summer looks like whether it be a mission strip of some kind or maybe a middle little camp, middle school camp action. We're trying to figure all that out. Nothing's set in stone yet, but we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, we're going to try to do a, um, not just Thursday nights, but try to build back up our student ministry program. And while we're really excited about that, um, one of the things that I learned during COVID uh, one of the things I learned by shutting everything down and having to rebuild, restart, was that I think that we had uh, been developing a little bit of a culture of like, why not, um, of course, uh, of, of, of feeling entitled that the next thing on the list, of course, I would be able to go like, I'm a junior, all juniors get to do X, Y, or Z, or whatever it is, I'm in seventh grade, and I did the thing I was supposed to do in eighth grade, so... I check that right off the list, and I can go on the seventh grade trip now. And one of the things that as we rebuild, as we get back into a fuller schedule as a little bit more than uh, just Thursday nights, um, one of the things I wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page about is that as we move forward into this new season, uh, we are, at least I have for you all, some new expectations. And one of the things that I, I, I've been thinking about a lot this summer and has been uh, corroborated at other points by other people in my life is this idea of being all in all the time. And they're really excited about that. And so when, our, Finley, you don't even know why you're clapping. Stop it. So when you hear the phrase all in, what are some things that we're thinking? All in, first thought. First thought. What are you thinking? You, you don't have to be afraid that we're in church. I know your first thought is poker. Like that's, why I, that's what my first thought was, all in poker. Um, pushing the chips all in. Anything else? Any other things that you hear all in in? Yeah. You, yeah, they got hands. Go ahead. You, oh, poker. Okay, Hayden, is that yours? Let's see what you got. What do you got? All in. What's all in? Well, all in. Any certain way. When you're in a group, all together. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Or in, or in a group that is something that you want to do. Want to do? Yeah. Great answer. Sophia, it's a line from Gilmore Girls. Not exactly what I was thinking of. I was thinking, Austin, what do you got? High school, guys, you're not, this is not, you guys, we were not on the same page. Always there. Always there. Uh, give me a more like, if you didn't know where I was going, what would you think of? I started as the backwards. I was thinking sports. I was thinking like, we got to be all in. Like William & Mary had a sports campaign all in for all of their athletics. I was thinking, when you go to Ichiban, all you can eat sushi, and you order 20 rolls. 
That's a real picture of 20 rolls that Tommy and I ate. How many rolls do you think are up there? Really fast, shout a number. 20? 100. Sorry, not how many rolls, how many specific pieces of sushi do you think that is? 92, more. John counted earlier, more than 104. More. Very close. One more. 118, yeah, there you go. All right, go to the next one. And I also thought recently, I got a call from Max. He moved to Nashville. He said, hey, do you want my car? I'll sell it to you for a dollar. I said, duh, of course I want this car. It's a dollar. Why would I not? And he said, okay, here's the catch. I'm getting deployed in like four, five days, so you have to fly to Nashville like tomorrow and drive it back. I said, I'm all in. Let's do it, baby. So I flew to Nashville. I got his car for a dollar, and I drove it back. So I have a new car, and I'm excited about it. Big things in my life. I have air conditioning now. It's huge. It's huge for me. Um, <laughs> you guys are real clappy today. Except too much sugar, I guess. Um, but yes, so I went all over the place, but to be all in, be all in, is to be fully committed to a task or an endeavor to give or be prepared to give all of one's energy and resources towards something. Uh, this year, I want to start off all moving in the same direction, in the same page that we're looking for, for being all in all the time. In this first series, these first four SM nights, tonight I'm going to be looking at just kind of overall looking at the idea of being all in all the time, what the Bible has to say about that. And then there's going to be three points under it that to be all in all the time, we need to be committed, we need to be consistent, we need to be in community. And each of the next three weeks, we're going to take a deep dive into each one of those things. So next week, we'll look at committed, then we'll look at consistent, then we'll look at community. Okay? Kind of big picture where we're going. Um, but today, we're looking at the idea of being all in all the time. And we're going to look in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. And if you've ever been in the main uh, worship room, there's a stained glass window that has uh, one of these verses on it. Uh, this, this is a big one here at the chapel, um, and, and we're just going to look at it, and then we'll dive back into it. So John chapter 15, verse 1 through 11. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does, not, that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So he says a lot in there. It's very repetitive, and as we know... If we heard Pastor Travis on Sunday that when the Bible repeats itself, that's an underline, that's a bold, that's an exclamation point, that's telling us that this is important, we should soak this in. And so as we look at this idea, um, Jesus is clearly talking here about this idea of a vineyard, 
And have any of us, have you ever anybody been to a vineyard? We have a neighborhood called the Vineyards, okay? And in the vineyard, they grow what? Grapes. Grapes. Yeah. So vineyards were super important in ancient Israel to the economy, to a way of life. Like everybody would have known what Jesus was talking about here. This connection would have been so clear to everyone there. And so what I wanted to do was kind of walk through the parts of a vineyard because not all of us have been there. Not all of us have been in studying how grapes grow and, and the process and all the pieces of that. And so the, and, and the parts of the vineyard um, that we're going to go look at, the first one is the vine, right? And so what's interesting is that this idea of vineyard, not just used in John 15, throughout the Bible, and earlier in the Old Testament, there's this idea of the past vine, right? That Israel was the vine of the Old Testament, the nation of Israel. And in Jeremiah 2, Jeremiah writes, Yet I planted you a choice vine, holy of pure seed. How then have you turned degenerate and become a wild vine? So this past vine that, Jesus, that people would have known that Israel was the vine, right? This past vine has grown wild. Um, and, and people hearing this would have, would have known that this meant Israel. Israel uh, in the Old Testament was saved from Egypt, was supposed to be this great thing, this choice vine, but they oppressed rather than serve justice. They were unrighteous, not righteous. They were the ones who ended up later on in the Gospels killing Jesus, right? The vine had grown wild from the way that it was intended. We also have the future vine. If we look ahead of John, we see in Revelation 14 that John is writing of, uh, of this future vine. And he says, And another angel came, out from the altar and the angel who has authority over the fire and he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth for its grapes are ripe. Did that projector just wink? That was crazy. Um, the vine of the earth. In Revelation we're looking at the, the second coming of Jesus and this vine of the earth is getting ready to be harvested. And in a, of the next verse, it talks about how and much of it will be thrown away. This idea of people who are of the earth depend on worldly things, not heavenly things, cut down when Jesus returns. So we look at the past and we see that it's grown wild. We look to the future and we see that it has become a vine of the world, of earthly things. And so what about the present? Jesus in John 15, the first verse we read, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So in the present, we depend on Jesus. We have relationship with him, a living relationship. This idea of the vine and the branches of, of a symbiotic relationship, that the, the branches cannot exist without the vine. They get their life from the vine. We are those branches, which is the next thing I wanted to look at. Branches by themselves are weak. They cannot grow fruit. They will not survive for very long on their own. And as there was a word, as I was reading it out loud, that it really hit me how many times it's in there. This word abide. Used 11 times in this chapter alone. I feel like I almost read all 11 of them in those verses. Uh, and to abide in something is to keep in fellowship. So in this instance, if we're abiding in Jesus, we're keeping fellowship with Christ so his life can work in us and through us to produce fruit. So the question that I asked myself when I was reading this is abiding, 
sounds, it's a fun word to use, makes me sound smart, but like how would we know that we were abiding? And we see the answer in uh, verses 5, 6, and 7. And so Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, right? We've covered that. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it, he is it that bears much fruit. So we know that we're abiding in him if we produce fruit. That's great. And we'll get to what fruit is in a second. But it also says right after that in verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. But later on it also says that if you, even if you do abide in him, you are going to get pruned by the vine dresser. All right, And we're going to talk about pruning because that's the main job of the next part of the vineyard that we're going to look at the vine dresser. So we've got the vine, we've got the branches, that's Jesus and us, respectively, and then we've got the vine dresser, who in that first verse we learned was God the Father, and the purpose of the vine dresser, he's in charge of caring for all the vines. And what's funny is that when we hear the idea of pruning, I don't, I'm not a big gardener, so maybe this is common knowledge, but talk about pruning, to me, when I think about that, I'm thinking about like cutting it and getting it out. So I'm thinking about you prune like things that are already dead, right? But, but if you've ever gardened, apparently, as um, the people who, who were working in vineyards who would have known this would have known, that you don't only prune the branches of the vine that are dead, that are dying, that are sick. Sometimes, even if they're doing well, even if they are producing fruit, you still prune to get more fruit, to produce better fruit. And so then I guess that, that question then we have to ask ourselves is what does pruning look like? Because without pruning, the branches, even if they're growing, can become stagnant. They grow in on each other. They literally block out light, slowly causing themselves to die. And we are pruned in different ways. Uh, we're not just pruned like psh, dead. Right? Pruning can look like a lot of different things in our lives. We can be pruned, I think, by God's word itself through a conviction of something we read, of something that we, that we hear in a talk. Right? We can hear something or read something from God's word and be like, man, I don't think that's how I'm living. I don't think that's how I'm growing as a branch on the vine. We can be pruned via tests through trials this whole summer in uh, the main service we were looking at uh, tests of the Bible and different instances of people being tested by God, right? To realign where our strength and hope come from. If we start thinking that we can grow on our own, maybe we do need to be pruned to be reminded where that vine, that vine that we are connected to, where that, that energy, where that life, where that strength, where that hope comes from. We are pruned as Jesus said here in John chapter 15, so that God may be glorified. And God is glorified if we are branches through fruit, right? And so then we have to look at the last part of the vineyard. What is the fruit? What does that look like? Because now we're getting into the part of the metaphor where you're like, okay, Jesus is the vine. I get it. We are the branches. I'm tracking. God is the vine dresser. He's pruning and doing his thing with his shear, garden shears, you know, whatever. What does fruit look like? How does that translate from metaphor to the real world? And what's incredible about the Bible is that 
most of the time when we're reading, like we're in John 15 today, this metaphor of the vine, the branches of fruit, is throughout, is pervasive throughout the entire Bible. So it, we provide examples, it provides examples for us. And a few of the things, do I have a slide for this? I don't remember. I'm just going to start reading then. Um, a few of the examples of fruit throughout the Bible, and if you have more questions about this, I encourage you to dig a little bit on your own uh, uh, to get to learn more about what the Bible has to say about this. But a few examples of what fruit in our lives uh, of, can look like of staying connected to the vine, right? Of, in Romans 1, we see that an example of fruit is bringing others to know Christ, to bring them alongside us. In Romans chapter 6, Paul writes about growing our own holiness and obedience is, is a, an example of fruit. We, to live a dedicated life in Romans 15 is an example of fruit producing in our lives. In Galatians, Paul literally writes about something called the fruits of the Spirit, characteristics of one who is living a Christian life that produces fruit. That's Galatians 5, 22-23. Um, the writer of Hebrews says that to bear fruit is to praise God from our hearts and from our lips at all times. In Colossians, Paul writes about service of others through an abiding love uh, is, is an example of fruit in our lives. Those are just the, the first ones that I pulled. There's a bunch more of what fruit can look like in our lives. And the thing about this is on that list, once you put some concrete things down on it, I think we can get into a point where, not, I'm not saying anybody's doing this on purpose, but we can get to a point where like, we could fake some of those things, the little fake it till you make it action. Um, a lot of those things are, are tangible things that we could, at least from the outside looking in, seem to be producing fruit, right? We can maybe even be fooling not just others but ourselves. But man-made fruits cannot reproduce. Eventually they will, the facade will break. Eventually they will, we will show to not have that source of life from being connected to the vine. Branches that decide to go it alone, to try it their own way, to go on living without the vine, soon discover their mistake. And so why are we talking about plants, vines, branches, fruits, vine dressers? Because we're talking this year about being all in all the time. And I think nothing shows about being all in all the time more than a plant that literally has to stay connected to the vine that it grows from in order to continue living much like we need to continue to be connected to Jesus if we want to continue living. And so those three points I put up there at the front, right? Be committed. No, this is the old one. Nope. Still no. That's the exact same thing you just put up. From the very front of the thing. There it is. All in, all the time. Be committed, be consistent, be in community. Being committed. If we look at it in the context of John 15, being committed might look like accepting that as we live our life, that pruning is going to happen, whether it be via the word, whether it be via tests, whether it be via trials, whatever it might look like. Even if things are going well, even the branch that's producing fruit still needs to be pruned from time to time. Seeing it not as a negative, as why God, why are you coming after me? Why are you doing this to me? But seeing it as an opportunity to grow, as an opportunity to become closer 
to Jesus as an opportunity to, for more and better fruits. The question that we're asking ourselves at the beginning is, if we want to be all in all the time, and if that answer is yes, can we be committed? As committed as a branch that needs the vine to continue living. Can we be consistent? The branch and the vine are always connected. There is a literal connection that needs to happen. They don't just need to be close. They can't just be like every now and then the branch refuels by connecting back up to the vine and then it's good to go for another week or two. There is a commitment, a consistent commitment that they are connected. And what does that look like? Does that look like not just showing up on a Thursday or a Sunday, but showing, every, showing up every day? And even if it's in a little bit, a little bit of connection, whether it's through prayer, whether it's building in worship into our everyday routine, the branch and the vine are consistently connected, are always together. They don't take a break. So why do we think that we can in our lives? And the third thing we need to do to be all in all the time is we need to be in community, a community that knows and loves Jesus. We cannot do it alone. If you've ever been to a vineyard, you see that it's not just one vine and one branch growing off of it, but it is acres and acres and acres of vines and branches. They do it together. There are different levels to what this community could look like. I think sometimes we just throw the word community out and we're like, okay, what does that mean? You could have a community of your small group, right? It could be five of you. It could be ten of you. It could be a community onto your own there. You have your own language. You have your own shared uh, experiences. That could look like a community for you to be in. It could be this, right? It could be this could be another level of community. Us who show up here on Thursday nights, uh, this could be what community looks like. This could be a place, a part of your community as, as other people growing in the same direction, connected to that same vine. It could be church. Amanda talked earlier about some opportunities we have on Sunday morning with children's ministry and worship buddies. Maybe that's another way to plug in, to stay connected, to get you to, if you're like, man, I, now that I can drive, or uh, man, sometimes I just don't feel like waking up on Sunday morning. Maybe that can be another element of added community, another layer that we get to. All I know is that if we look at John 15, if we were looking at this year as something that we're, we want to be all in, all the time, if we want to get the most out of our time here, not just on Thursdays, but at these high school and middle school specific events, at retreats, ultimately building towards a trip in the summer, that it can't just be a flash in the pan, it can't just be a show up whenever I feel like it, it's got to be something like that branch is connected to that vine that is committed, that is consistent, that does it not alone, but together. I'm excited to start another year with you guys, I'm excited to be all in all the time, and I'm so excited to see what Jesus is going to continue to do in you all and through you all here this year. I'd love to pray and then uh, hold tight for a second because we've got some, some new leaders and some new students and some new small group rooms. So Amanda's going to run through all that before we break for small group. But first, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather together in community here, a committed, a consistent community that is seeking to know you and to love you and to be loved by you all together, all in, all the time. God, we know that you are the vine and we are the branches, as you said in John 15, and we know that the branches cannot live on their own, that they need to stay connected to the vine, that they need to be together with other branches, 
all growing in the same direction. God, we love you and we praise you. And we pray that we can stay committed, that we can stay uh, committed, that we can stay in community, and that we can stay consistent as we strive to be all in all the time with you this year. In your holy and precious name, we pray. Amen.